1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
0: Believe. This is Jeff Fidoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valero and I have a special guest. Tim Grunhard, who was just inducted into the Chiefs Hall of Fame. Tim, thanks so much for joining us. It's a
1: pleasure to be on with you guys. Thanks so much. And, you know, I have uh, followed Joe's post football career, and I know he does a lot of motivational speaking and podcasts. You know, you can't keep a good man down, can you?
2: Joe Valerio. I learned from well, the I best, do, Tim. I learned from the best. Hall of one Fame. Of
1: guy, <laughs> one of the guys that I'm jealous of. He the <laughs> only guy that. Played offensive line that to scored touchdowns on a ball for Joe Montana. Happy well, to be on with Joe.
2: Well, Tim, I mean, you know, Jonathan Hayes used to give me a lot of grief, too, because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's a tight end. Guy played tight end his whole life. <laughs> well,
1: you know, Joe, I mean, listen, we'd be going all the way down the field and poor John would get all these blocks and, you know, throwing his body around. And then he gets down the and maybe they throw the ball at me on the one-yard line. Here comes Joe Valerio. And everybody in the stadium knew the ball was going to Joe Valerio other than the
2: defense. So you Tell me. I don't know. Which was was pretty bizarre. I know a Tim Grunhardt coach team wouldn't let me out, get out in the end zone. I know that much. All right. So I I guess we
1: should let Jeff get back to the the, the guts of what's going on here. We've taken over the show.
0: I think I'm going to have my work cut cut out for me on this one. This again, congratulations on the induction here. Tell us how this went down. Do you do you get like mm-hmm. a phone call from Clark Hunt and how kind of how it doesn't it work?
1: It's funny you mention that. Sarah and I were on a little vacation down in Jacksonville on Amelia Island, and the phone rang and it was a Texas phone number and I thought you know somebody wanted me to like renew my uh, you know uh, car. Uh, uh, deal or something, just you know, one of those crazy robo calls or something. So I didn't answer. You know, it was uh, this is Clark Hunt, you've uh, given you a call. Can you give me a call back? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't answer Clark Hunt's phone call. So I, I call him. I thought, what did I do? Did I say something on the radio? Is he gonna yell at me? Uh, so I gave him a call and uh, we talked a little bit about uh the Super Bowl and you know, and and this like, you know, I'm very disappointed that we didn't win the Super Bowl, we didn't play very well. And I said, Hold on now, you played in two Super Bowls. Joe and I would have killed to <laughs> even smell a Super Bowl, right? And you've been in two in a row. So I don't don't cry to me, Clark, on this this whole deal. Uh but and, now uh, he um he mentioned uh that uh that they were gonna put me into the Hall of Fame, Ring of Fame and uh it was very emotional for me. I I, I uh You know the very first time I walked into that stadium uh, in 1990 right after I was drafted Carl Peterson uh, brought me around and kind of showed me the stadium and pointed up to those names and said those are the greats that play here in Kansas City and You know and uh, that's what you should aspire to be is one of the great ones and I you know at that point I said man how great would that be and you know you got to be lucky with you know injuries and you know being on good teams have great teammates but it all worked out and I was very humbled and honored and and Joe I had a little Marty in me I Uh, I did have a fear coming down my
2: eye I
0: I I would have too Tim
2: I was was crying for you man I'm so proud of you it's a fantastic honor to play next to you and Asked you for the snap count every single time walking up to the line. <laughs> I couldn't remember it. And, Kurt and Marty used to give me a lot of grief. He'd be like, come on, dude. you know, you went to Penn. You can't remember the snap count, one, two, or three. And thank God for Timmy. Timmy would give me the snap count. I'd be like, Joe, come on. You're killing us. But I thought Clark might have been calling you because you, you you broke the the drum when you smashed the drum to start the get, that one game. I saw, uh, <laughs> I saw you on television. I'm like, oh, my God, Timmy's going to break that. He's going to break that drum and, and, owe, and owe the Hunt family, you know, a bunch of money.
1: Yeah, that that was probably what I, yeah, there was, there had to be something other than the ring of fame, but thank God it was. Uh, But yeah, it was a great honor. And uh, you know, Joe, I I know you brought up or Jeff brought up Penn and Joe, you brought up Penn. I don't know if you want to tell that story, Joe, about the very first time you were on the radio here in Kansas city that I would have to be listening to.
2: (laughs) Wait a minute, Tim, maybe maybe you need to tell the story because Jeff and I have already talked about this a couple of times because there was a, a total miscommunication that went on. So let's say, what let, do yeah. you hear side of the story, yeah, Tim? I want to hear your It mis- was not a total
1: miscommunication. It wasn't. He tried to change, you know, he's, he was trying to <laughs> revise history, but, but he couldn't do it. So I think he was on with Conrad Dobler, of all people. I think he was, was that, was on with Connie, right? It's <laughs> at Lynn so, you
2: know,
1: I'm driving down the road, and, you know, I'm all excited. You know, Joe Valerio is coming to Kansas City, and, you know, guy from Penn, and. And uh, Dave Zott, I think he might have been in the car with me. And we're driving and we're listening to the show. And Joe Valerio comes on. He's, you know, very well-spoken and doing a great job. And said, so you know, this is going to be a great guy, great guy for the room. And then, then he proceeds to say that, you know um, – you know, I went to Penn, and I know there's some guys from Notre Dame and some guys from Penn State, and, you know, I, I don't take a backseat to any of those guys because I think that, you know, Penn, we could have competed with those schools back in the day. And Zoder so and I looked at each other and said, oh, this guy's in for a long year after that comment. Now, Joe says he said that I personally could compete with those guys and play there, which is fine because he could, but he said his school. So uh, at that point uh, – and that's why we asked them. I said, because, you know, we used to watch the Penn games when I was at Notre Dame. I think they started at like 8 o'clock in the morning <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> and, and like I mean, breakfast with Ivy League football. You yeah, know, that's and what and,
2: team always used to fuss me about that. <laughs> oh, hey, Joe, you're. Uh, what time are you going to get to practice on on Saturday? Because you, were you uh, up early watching the Penn game at 8 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I listen, Tim. If I was going to if I was going to compare Penn State and, and Notre Dame against the University of Pennsylvania, we'd have been going back to like 1954. So well, I mean, hard hard or done.
1: academics because Penn's probably a little bit better than both in academics, but football, Joe, that was a reach. Uh, but you know, Conrad, <laughs> Conrad Dobler did let him go with that one. I, I personally would not have let that happen, Jeff. But uh, that's my favorite story. So he comes in the locker room. I think the first thing we said to him, like oh so Penn would have beaten Notre Dame at Penn State, and he looked at us like what are you talking about and we said we heard that interview Joe. we heard that he goes that's not what I said I didn't say
2: that uh, uh, guys, but, uh, you had me on my heels from day one but I'm telling you yes. what what a couple of big brothers I had you two man I'm telling you that you guys were amazing Tim you, you took you, you took all the guys under your wing you were an amazing leader and it's obvious why you're you're on that ring of fame and why you're one of the chiefs all-time greats buddy i mean it's it's, wow. it's 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 fantastic
0: Joe and we knew this story was coming was going to come be part of this pod right because we actually tim when you were inducted to the chiefs hall of fame we were talking about you and i'm like joe what's your one memory of tim grunhard and he told <laughs> this exact story but from a totally different vantage point that <laughs>
1: believe me i'm telling it joe likes to you know he's or less, the facts
2: get in the way of a good story. So, <laughs> yeah, that's so true, right? I, we definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah I know. Uh, John, John Alt would always, you know, whenever we roomed together, he'd always get me on that. And he'd say, come on, Joe, you're embellishing a little bit there. So, <laughs> but how about Alty? He was a great roommate. He was a great roommate. He was a great teammate, wasn't he? God, I love, uh, I love he, that guy. I, you know, his son going
1: to Notre Dame this year. Uh, yeah.
2: football, and, uh So I talked to him and, you know, we, we had a condo
1: there, uh, Joe, and uh, we, we were going to put any interest in buying this, I'd give it to you for a good price. And of course he wanted it for like twenty, thirty thousand dollars less than of you know, what I paid for. I don't have any money anymore, which he does got plenty yeah. of money. Yeah, John and, not uh, a deal, and, man. and uh, he it uh, does. Uh, needless to say he didn't get the condo. This will let you know that.
2: But yeah. but no,
1: he uh, his son's a great kid
2: uh and i'm excited for him to be a, a part of the fighting irish next year i think that's fantastic that's great news and, and his son mark was out here in philly for a while with the flyers organization so you know it was really fun to go to catch him in a flyers game so yeah the all the Alt family they know they know how to get it done and john does know how to cut a deal jeff john alt what a shrewd businessman he is jeez i mean he used to he used to clip me for my uh per diem money when we would go on the road
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know are you telling telling jeff he's a chicago and a kansas city guy and they nobody's getting anything over him
0: yeah that's, that's, right. that's, that's right that's right that uh, i got him on my too. side with those <laughs> those two cities uh, i've got Tim that's on right my. now we're going to take a brief word from our sponsor bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action it's perfect for the nba playoffs which are going on now uh, bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We're here with Tim Grunhardt, who was just inducted into the Chiefs Hall of Fame and also has a new uh, Twitter handle to check out, Grunny61, at Grunny61. No longer a swim dad for those Chiefs fans out there. Tim, I had a question for you. One of the storylines, of course, is the Chiefs offensive line, and they drafted the guy in the second round, Creed Humphrey. A lot of people think he might be the starter. Uh, How do you you see that shaking out? Have you seen some film on him? Do you think it's going to be Humphrey or Austin Blythe?
1: Yeah, you know, so it's becoming kind of a question. Joe, you were a second rounder too, weren't
0: you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it was me. You too, right. Joe,
1: All right, Rodney Hudson, second round uh Mitch Morris second round and now Creed Humphrey second round so the Chiefs have been famous for drafting center type players wow. in the second round so now it is following a trend and uh so yeah so that was was good to bring that young man in we'll see uh what happens with him and a lot of people think he's going to start but um yeah the offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs you know Clark Hunt it came from the top down and we kind of touched on it a little bit a little bit earlier they, they were kind of not embarrassed, but just kind of upset with the way that the Super Bowl came about because of the offensive line being banged. It wasn't the cheese spot that they had. Somebody, many guys banged up. But the offensive line certainly didn't play very well in the Super Bowl. So one of the things that they made a point of emphasis coming into this year is not to let that happen and make sure they had quality depth because guys are always going to get injured, as Joe knows. And you got to have guys that could step up. And the Chiefs have done that by bringing in Howie Long's son. They brought in Blythe from the Rams. They brought in Orlando Brown. They they, they brought in, um, oh, John our Artony from uh, from New England. So they have quality football players who play offensive line. There'll be some good competition. And uh, really, I think that second group, if they have to get to those guys, it'll be this year last year, I think it was a little bit of a drop-off.
2: Yeah, Tim, I was thinking, God, as they were building this thing back up, right, after the, you know, we'll call it the debacle of the Super Bowl, right, with the injuries. And a lot of it was out of their control, right? It was out of Andy Heck's control and Andy Reid and Eric Enemy. I mean, you can't control those injuries because they had a really, I think they had a really good run During the regular season up front, it's just, it just got the best of them. I, Tim, I don't, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I think that their top 10 that they have right now, all 10 of them could start somewhere in the NFL right now. Like they don't have any, they don't have any real like true backups on that offensive line right now. That's my humble opinion. I I, I mean, I think they're deep and it's going to be a battle at camp for sure.
1: Yeah, Joe and Jeff, you're, you're exactly right, Joe. Um, I agree with you. I, I think that that second team could be a starting offensive line somewhere else. And, uh, you know, it will be interesting. But listen, it's not perfect because LDT hasn't played in a year. Right? He's coming back. You know, uh, uh, Long hasn't played in a year because of injuries. And, you know, he was out, out of the league last year. Um, and Remmers last year struggled, and you know, okay, now Lucas Niang, who I think is going to be a good football player, he sat out a year, so there are some guys that are coming in that there's a little bit of question marks around. You have Creed Humphrey, he's a rookie. Uh, Blythe is a guy that he's about as good. If you look at Pro Football Focus, he's about as good as a rider was last year. Maybe a little bit better in the run game, but maybe a little bit off in the pass protection. Uh, so, and then you have Tunney, and you have Orlando Brown starting at left tackle. Yeah, he played some snaps at left tackle last year, but he's a right tackle who wants to play left. So, there are some issues that the Chiefs are going to have to deal with. But overall, I agree with you. I think that this these ten guys they have on this offensive line. Are as good as anybody. And uh, the, I think they just came out with the offensive line rankings and they had them in the top 10. They have met 10, but, and I think the reason why they're not in the top five is be just because of some of those question marks of guys just who haven't played that are, might have to play and step back in. And Joe, you know as well as I do that after you take a year off uh, going back, you can be a little bit rusty and we'll see how those guys bounce back.
2: Yeah, so true, Tim. Tim, I, mean, I got to ask you this, bud. Like you're there, you you made your home in Kansas City obviously and and that's so the fans are so lucky to have you there and such an you're such an institution. Let me ask you about the quarterbacks, right? You you snapped to some great ones, right? Going all the way back to when you started uh as a rookie, you know, with Berge and 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 Dave Craig and then all of a sudden then all of a sudden right the city explodes with Joe Montana and then it was Steve Bono, Rich Gannon, Elvis Gerbeck. I mean, when you look Trent, I mean, you look all those guys that you block and snap to tell me what it would have been like to snap to Patrick Mahomes. Like t- you're there. Cause you're there. You're in, you're living in the organization. You're in the city. You see it day to day. What would that, what would that be like to, to play with a guy like that? You know, the first thing you've got to say about Patrick Mahomes is he's a
1: competitor. Um, you know, I know that, if you've watched the, the last dance with Michael Jordan,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: whole thing is about how competitive Michael Jordan was. Maybe to a fault. All right? It was the gambling and everything else mm-hmm. that he did. Maybe to a fault. But Patrick Mahomes is a competitor. You know, I've seen him out on the golf course, I've been behind, behind him in a group, and the guy is just ultra competitive and he's really good at what he does. They told him not to play basketball anymore because he was too competitive, he was going to get hurt. So the first thing is, when you have a guy that's that talented, but also really competitive, I mean, it's a great combination. Patrick Mahomes has done a wonderful job of enduring himself to the Kansas City fan uh he is uh, in a league of his own in this city right now being a part owner of the royals his wife is a part owner of the girls soccer team here uh they've really dug their roots deep here in kansas city and the one thing about kansas city chief fans that they love is when somebody really commits and wants to be a part of the community and stays here in the community so as great as patrick Mahomes is at creating in space and doing all the things that he does he has really done a great job of being a part of this community, and he is just an ultra-competitive guy, and uh, Joe, you would have loved blocking for him, and I would have loved snapping for him. You know, to get a guy like that who's just going to do whatever he possibly can do to win a game, uh, those are the guys you want to block for, to a fault. I mean, the guy's running options. I mean, come on. He's running options. He gets hurt in a playoff game running an option. You know, I know Andy Reid called that, but. You know, Patrick Mahomes, I know that he has his finger on the pulse of those play, those game plans. And that was one of the things that he probably wanted to do because he's so competitive. So they're going to have to dial that down a little bit and, you know, let him, him kind of become a quarterback in the pocket a little bit. But he is an ultra, ultra competitive guy, and you'd love playing for, with him. That, well, That Tim, is
0: great insight. But, you know, one during one of his last season coaching, uh, coaching legend Bill Snyder at Kansas State, Face Patrick Mahomes, and he actually wrote him a personalized thank you note. I'm editing his autobiography now, praising his competitiveness because he was so marvelled at that. And you know, Tim, I know you didn't get to snap to Mahomes, but you did snap to Montana, and for a golden the Golden Dome connection for a Notre Dame guy, that must have been just a dream come true.
1: It was. You know, I I remember watching uh, Joe Montana uh, win the Cotton Bowl with a, a a fever, and all he could do is drink some hot uh, chicken soup at halftime to get through the game, you know, the legendary ice game and he was, temperature dropped and, you know, and, and Sarah, my wife, had a, a picture of Joe Montana in her locker. So I was always a little concerned about that, Joey. I
0: mean, especially <laughs> with we the to Tokyo,
1: you know. She I mean, always wanted to sit in the back of the bus with Joe Montana. I could never figure that out. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it was awesome and, and uh, you know, there was a touchdown one time in, in a game that was snapped from Tim Grunert to Joe Montana to Lake Dawson, so domer to domer to domer. Oh, that cool. is cool. Yeah, yeah so cool. I don't think that happened too many times in Atlanta. And I think,
2: and I think Lindsey Knapp, I think Lindsey Knapp came on for the extra point.
1: So you know, yeah. I still see <laughs> Lindsey. He's awesome. Yeah. I'll tell him that you brought him up. He's oh great. my God,
2: Lindsey! Well, it was obviously I. When they traded him to Green Bay, it was such. A, I was crushed. You know, we were we were great friends. We we lived real close. We drove to the stadium all the time together, and he was he was a great friend. So I, I yeah, I felt
1: so. Felt so bad for him when he got that Super Bowl ring and broke
0: Yeah,
2: my yeah exactly. And <laughs> <right. Yeah. laughs> got into, got into a fight with Reggie White about the collective bargaining agreement because Lindsey had <laughs> his, you know, Lindsey had his MBA. You know, he kind of knew he kind of knew what was coming from like the collective bargaining agreement. You know, uh, from a business perspective, he knew that it was not going to be great for every player, right? It was great the collective bargaining agreement and, and the and the White versus the NFL case was great for a lot of you know, really good players, but he knew for some of us, it was going to be a little bit of a numbers crunch. And I remember <laughs> he told me that story about, he gave it to Reggie Wade. He was like, oh, I don't think this is going to work. And Reggie's like, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> That's Lindsay. You're That's exactly. Lindsay though. <laughs> That's awesome, man. It was a great, great connection. But I, I, Tim, I totally forgot about that domer to domer to domer. But, uh, and I know Lake's doing great things. He's out there coaching and, and doing great stuff yeah, too. So
1: He really is. It's so, you know, it's so great. A lot of the guys that we played with, have, you know, made their mark on the field. But now that they left, like yourself, Joe, have made a mark out in society and been so great in their communities and doing so many great things. And, you know, especially when you play with, uh, with great football players,
2: but more importantly with great guys, that was a great locker room. Yeah, it really was. I mean, I remember that first, I remember getting there that first mini camp. I was so even though Tim says I faced, he said I could beat, we could beat Notre Dame. You know, it was, it was really intimidating, you know, to come to, to come from a smaller school and, you know, to have guys like Tim and, and Zotter and, you know, e- you know, even the older guys like Dave Lutz, there's a name for, for the listeners, right? Rich Baldinger. I mean, those guys were just like, they just took you under your wing, man. They made you feel like, you know, they made me feel like a veteran, even though I was a, you know, wet behind the ears guy that, you know, didn't know what the heck was going on. So it, it was really, really nice to come into an environment like that. That was very welcoming. One of the, my favorite times going up the uh, the tunnel and buff,
1: ball dinger, what's a ball dinger? <laughs>
2: And he used to—I don't know how—he used oh, to squeeze that, that little Datsun Z28 or whatever, 280Z or whatever. I mean, yeah. Jeff Rich—Rich Rich was enormous, right? He was thick, he was big, he was mad he had big legs—and he used to like grease himself up to fit into this like. Two 280 Z Dotson 280 ZX. <laughs> like Chris, what are you doing? <laughs> he was he,
1: he was he was an interesting cat, that's for sure. Yeah.
2: And we lost some great ones recently, Tim. I mean, not to focus on you know some of the negative stuff, but you know, Howard, you know, losing yeah. Mudd, losing Coach Schottenheimer. I mean, it it's it's a rough, rough patch there, and losing some some great people that had influences in our lives.
0: I mean Pelham, maybe, Pelham was another one, you know, recently.
2: Pelham, McDaniels. I mean, just yeah. Too, too young, and, and obviously Howard was, you know, Howard was a tragedy with his motorcycle accident and and, and and seeing what happened to Marty. We've talked a lot about that on our show over the time, but t- tell us about, you know, some of those influences for you, Tim, that you had, you know, through the course of your career that the listeners would like to hear about.
1: Yeah, Marty Schottenheimer was like a like second father to, to me. My, my rookie year, my, my father passed away about the fourth, fifth game, and I'll never forget going into. I think it was like a Monday, uh, and my mom called and said, "Yeah, you got to get down here. Uh, your father's sick, and you went too much longer." And uh, I went in and talked to Marty. And Marty, you know, as is, is emotional as he is, and you know, he tried to do everything to find a plane. I was down to Mountain Home, Arkansas, and I had a drive down there, which is, you know, it's about a six-hour drive through the like the mountains of of, you know, right through the, the Ozarks. And he was a little concerned about it because, you know, I was kind of shook up, but uh, he's like, listen, I want you to call me want to talk to your mom. And, and, uh, and he just was always there for me and was a great guy and Howard Mudd. Howard Mudd uh, just I mean, he he uh, he's one of those guys that you, he's just a classic offensive line coach. That you know, Joe, I I, I you did you played a little, for a little bit with, with Howard, didn't you? Did well, yeah, you? he was ninety one yeah. ninety one yeah. and ninety two, yeah. yeah. So you knew he, his famous line was, "I know you better than you know you." <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> yeah, and, he, was a, uh, he
2: was a psychologist for sure. We, Jeff and I have talked about about good old Coach Mud.
1: And if you can get if you can get the Diet Coke and the carrots and celery out of his hand you had a good opportunity to talk to him but he was a great guy and yeah we'll miss those people absolutely
2: Tim, do you remember the time and maybe go take it back to a little lighter note with coach mudd do, do you remember the time when he took us out golfing and, and and it was my roommate remember big tom during from michigan right yeah and and, and i had played so little golf jeff Growing up, and and Howard was like, no, we're taking you golfing." So you know, I got some <laughs> clubs. And do you, Tim, you might not remember this, but do you remember when I drove? I Howard was driving in the cart up towards me, and I drove it, and it went right past his head, and right through the cart, and hit the back of the club, all the clubs in the back of the cart. And Howard, this is the thing about Howard—he didn't even flinch. I mean that ball went by his face like a hundred miles an hour (laughs) he was driving at me with the golf cart didn't even flinch didn't even didn't yell at me or nothing he just was like oh okay you know golf ball almost hit me in the face (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I remember a little bit
1: do you remember the name of the course it was cracker neck country club cracker neck now is where the uh kansas uh, the kansas city uh mavericks have their hockey arena is right oh. there on that uh oh, that really? course there but yeah uh i do remember that and i i do remember him i remember tom Dorn very very well tom tommy and uh, i became pretty good friends uh later on in that year but uh yeah i i, I don't remember you hitting but I do remember you being out there and it was it was a struggle
2: for you, Joe. It was it, it was a struggle for you. But you did have some beautiful new clubs. I you... did. I got brand new clubs. <laughs> for you. But Timmy, I'm telling you, Jeff, if you want to see somebody who, you know, I know Tim has has done a fantastic job of 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 you know losing a lot of that old playing weight that, you know, a lot of us struggle with as ex players, but and he looks great. But even when Tim was at his biggest and we would go out golfing, I mean, this guy, you know, Tim was Three hundred plus biscuit away from three ten, and I'm telling you, the touch that this guy has around the green. It's like <laughs> I'm watching, You know, it's like it was like it's like Phil Mic- Mickelson esque around the greens, man. The guy for as big as he is, the touch. Well, of course he's gonna he drives the ball you know a million miles, but the, but the thing that impressed me the most about Timmy's golfing game was his touch, man. Tim, I don't know where was that from playing like basketball as a kid, or where did you get that golf touch, man? Because you were natural, well, you know what actually in my backyard we used to have a little golf ball
1: plastic golf balls, and my my brother and I would have these little like tr- like little holes we'd make up like okay, this <laughs> sewer is the first hole, and then we it was just a pitching wedge and we pitch it the tree is the second hole, and we were so poor Joe that you know we live right next to a country club and all my buddies belonged, so they'd all be walking to the country club with all the girls and go to the pool and I was with my hose and my plastic pool in the backyard, <laughs> squirting, squirting myself. And then, you know, they'd be all playing golf, and I'd be chipping the plastic ball in the backyard. So uh, that's how I learned how to play golf. But, but uh, yeah, you know, um, it, when you say Phil Mickelson, it's more like Craig Stadler. Although maybe the fat Phil. It could have been the fat Phil. Remember yeah. those fat Phil, there was skinny Phil in fifth Phil. So how about that? Congratulations to Phil Mickelson, yeah, 50 think? years old, went in a major.
2: Or doing one for us old guys is doing one for us old guys, you know, and, and when Tim was talking about playing golf out in the backyard with his brother, it, it, it sparked something in my, in my brain about how, you know, he was talking about Patrick Mahomes being competitor, Jeff, I seriously, I mean, you know, played six years, played with a lot of guys and, 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 you know, there were, there were guys who had a different kind of a competitive motor, I am not I'm not just saying this because he's on the show right now and, and he's you know one of my all-time best you know friends that I got a chance to meet and play with in the NFL but Tim Grunhard was literally the ultimate competitor. You could talk about Patrick Mahomes all you want Tim I, you, to me nobody nobody competed more than you did and nobody put their their body on the line more than you did. And and I'm, I I was thinking about when Patrick Mahomes got that I- injury when he did that quarterback sneak. No quarterback if they ever ran behind Tim Grunhard we're ever going to get hurt. Let me tell you that much cuz Tim Grunhard knew how to compete, man, and and Tim you, you it rubbed off on all of us, man, for our whole lives, not just the time we played together, but watching the way that you attacked life made made me a better person and, and helped me make that transition in, into the into the air quote real world, right? And uh but I just got to tell you that and I got to tell you that publicly, Tim, you were that fantastic, man that's awfully nice of you to say.
1: Well, I think the quarterbacks got the first time because they hide behind those two big old fat cheeks of mine. That's how we get to it. They couldn't find them back there, but, but yo, Joe, Joe, th- thanks. Those are some kind words. And, you know, uh, uh, listen, you're you a lot like I was, you know, we came from humble backgrounds and we were just thankful for the opportunity to play a, a game like football, to give us an opportunity to use football as a vehicle to go ahead and go on to college. And, And uh, just meet so many great people and make a living out of it. And, you know, be in that locker room every day and, you know, get to know African American guys and get to know all these different cultures and all these different people from all different backgrounds. And, you know, uh, I I know that there's a quote out there or there's a story out there that I can't remember who was from, but the huddle was the most um, uh, intimate place because, you know, it didn't matter where you were from or what your background was from. Everybody in that huddle loved each other, they cared about each other. And if we could have this, world be a little bit more like the football huddle we'd all be better off
2: yeah we were lucky Tim we had I mean there's some great years I mean and thanks to you and your leadership and 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 I think Marty was a big Carl was obviously a huge part of the Hunt family right because it all starts at the top I mean I I just feel so lucky because you know I did go to the Rams right after I got let go and what a culture clash that was you know nothing nothing against what you know, what they were doing there be disparaging against another organization. But, oh my God, Tim, it was, it was an absolute disaster. I can say that now 30 years, you know, almost 30 years later, it was comparing those two cultures of those locker rooms and comparing it. Oh my God, Tim, you, you would have been like, what is going on here? Like, and I know you would have been the kind of guy that could have changed that culture quickly. I, and I wasn't in that kind of a position, but Tim, I, I, I just, I was actually lucky that i got to be in a culture like that because it's given me it helped me identify what i don't want cultures i don't want to be a part of and ones that i do like the chiefs
0: probably and made you appreciate the chiefs even more it, than after,
2: after absolutely that. jeff well said i was trying to that's why i was that the words those are the words i was trying to find and it, was, it was really it was really amazing
0: tim what was the you know joe made it sound like the kind of the quality that stood out about you tim was that competitiveness the same kind of quality we see in Mahomes, what stood out to you about our Joe as a player as a teammate?
1: A lot stood out Joe. I mean
0: my nose, number one.
1: <laughs> the nose, yeah, that that certainly would would be one. But now listen, Joe Valerio was listen, he came to work every day and worked out every day, you know, and he represented himself, represented his family, represented his school very well. And listen behind every great man is a great woman and Jen, his wife, is, is, is a great person and uh, really it, it kept Joe kind of in line and kept Joe focused. And just like Sarah for me, you know, you got to have great people behind you. And and uh, I'm so thankful that, uh, you know, Joe and I both have great wives and, and great families and great people. And I remember when the triplets were born and Joe was just so excited and now I see they're all graduating from college or out of college now and and they're all involved in music and all kinds of different things and dance and it's just so cool to see what they're doing and uh you know that that's what it's all about it's it's all about those people behind you that to keep you focused to keep you uh energized and and keep you keep you humble and that's what I that's what I needed and and I think that's what all NFL players need
0: so uh, so well put that's very cool uh, thanks so much for joining us you can follow tim at grunny 61 on Twitter and uh, we really enjoyed you coming on and giving us the real truth about what happened in that Penn State football <laughs> Notre Dame football penn football discussion
1: well Jeff you're you're, you're good because you got us out of this thing we could have done this there <laughs> yeah uh, All right, guys. Guys.
0: if you enjoyed this show please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes we're available on your favorite directories iTunes Spotify Google Play Stitcher luminary and Tune in. You can follow the great Tim Gunhard, Chiefs Hall of Famer, at grunny, G R U N N Y 61, on Twitter. And you can find us at believe.com and at Believe And We're presented by Bet Online. Jeff, Thanks.
1: you know, we, before we let you go, I got to say, Jolten Joe <laughs> <let her go." laughs> this
2: That's his best Chris Berman impersonation there.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe.